We started What Elephant because we spent a lot of time over this last winter in our inflatable hot tub outside where we had these really deep conversations of like, you know, the, some of the biggest questions that we feel like nobody ever asks. But most times, like the real deep issues like, you know, does everyone get healed? What's the what's the real cause? What do real boundaries look like? Um, some things will be controversial, but we want to just be open and honest and get everything out there because I feel like we've gone through so much in the 14 years we've been married. Um, and it would be a shame if, you know, we didn't share some of our findings just from living life and, you know, seeing the lessons we've learned. The biggest thing we see uh, with issues with marriage today is that there are no boundaries. And even people, because even people that claim to have boundaries, you really take a deep look and they really don't, they are really unprotected. Um, because people think that they're above, especially Christians think they're above temptation that, Oh, well, it's not holy to even struggle. I'm just above it all. You know, I'm so in tune with God and it's just, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. Especially with men, you know, well, Oh, you know, I'm just so close with God that I don't even struggle with that. Well, okay. I guess you just walk on water and unless you're a eunuch, I just don't buy it. Like I just, I want to be blunt about it. Go ahead if you have anything to add on that. I actually couldn't agree more. I just think that it's such a cop-out for men to be like, oh, you know, I don't, it's okay for me to have, you know, girl girls on my Facebook that are, that are my friends. You know, that's perfectly okay. And, you know, in that moment in your life, you might be in a really good place where it's not a struggle. Like, you know, maybe during that moment of time you're you're not struggling with that in that moment but that does not mean that there's not a woman on your facebook who is you know in a really bad time in her life like so just because you're doing really good doesn't mean that everyone else is there are men out there that are that will have girls on their facebook groups and act like it is no big deal like on their Facebooks in general, and they're scrolling through in their feed, and and they're like, oh no, it doesn't it doesn't bother me at all. Well, that like or 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 heart or emoji, whatever emoji that you do, you do, and you're like, hey, it's totally innocent. I'm not even. I have no feelings for this person at all. Well, that may be, but that heart might mean the world to that girl. Maybe her husband husband hasn't complimented her. Or maybe she's single and she's, you know, really suffocating and not have and not feeling loved. Like you don't know where those people are. And, you know, it just it's the Bible specifically says, like, don't give a foothold for the devil. Like it's just it's just Yeah, flee temptation. Yeah. Like people flirt with temptation so much now, especially like it just I can understand the world doing it. But I don't understand the Christian community, how they can explain it away. And I promise you, if you don't give a foothold to the devil at all, you're not going to cheat because there's no foot. There's no, it's impossible because you don't put yourself in scenarios to fail. And that's something I learned at a young age. Thank God I had a pastor sit down with me and he said, you know, he was talking about a mentor of his and he would say his mentor would ask him, he's because he knew that this pastor would mentor women by himself. 
And again, that goes into the mentality of like, oh, I'm above it all. I could never be tempted like that. You know, God's bigger in my life. You know, that whole spiel. I've heard it a million times. And uh, it just drives me nuts um, <laughs> because you're a red-blooded man at the end of the day. And eventually your flesh will fall. Put no confidence in the flesh. Not some, not part, none. And that that's the Bible talking. He, this pastor asked him, his mentor pastor asked him, he's like, you know, hey, uh, do you think you could have an affair? And, you know, the pastor was like, oh, no, no way, man. You know, I mentor women. I'm not, I'm never going to have an affair. And the mentor slammed his hands on the ground and said, absolutely, you could have an affair. And you need to know that in order to, in order to avoid it. And he's like, if you're mentoring women by yourself, you're, if you're going to mentor women, your wife needs to be sitting in the chair next to you in that room at all times. You're never alone with women, period. And it really, people call it the Billy Graham rule, but that he came up with that rule where he never was alone with a woman or never traveled with a woman back when there was no social media. Social media really just became an animal right at the end of 1990s, early 2000s. One of the articles I'm going to speak about um, was actually published January 18th, 2019 uh, by a guy named Adam Bolger on fatherly.com. And I recommend everyone go out there and read this. It's called Social Media is Making Cheaters Out of Us All. And I'm going to read a little bit from this right now. It starts off like this. Chris knew it was over as soon as his girlfriend saw it. He left for a minute, leaving his computer screen open. Normally, he wouldn't have been so careless. But it was nearly midnight and she was in bed. Or so he thought. As he returned, he saw her, up to get a drink, staring blankly at what was on his screen. It wasn't a webcam or some explicit material, but a Facebook message from a woman named Nancy, an old co-worker in the chat window, where months of casual late-night flirtation, inside jokes, and recently, the mention of two after-work rendezvous. His infidelity was obvious. His relationship had no chance of surviving it. And this is what this guy Chris said. It wasn't that I was intending to do anything, says Chris, whose two-year relationship ended that night. It was just nice to have another woman who I could relate to. But it just kind of happened. Do I think my relationship had its problems? Yes. But do I think I would have done what I did if Facebook didn't exist? No. And so I'll mention this article more. Um, this article calls this type of thing with Facebook backburners. And it's you, so Kelly and I have this policy in our own marriage where we took the, the early on, we took the Billy Graham rule to a new extreme. And we said, you know what, now that there's Facebook, I'm not friends with women that are not my family. Like no, I'm friends with no women other than my cousins. So if you went to my Facebook, looked at my friends list, it's my cousins my wife's sister is the only one, okay? Um, family, cousins, um, and and that's it. And my wife does the same thing. And yep. we, I've even gone beyond that and blocked some of my exes that have actually just, what, a month ago or two months ago, I, should, I got a random Facebook uh, message showing a picture of me and my ex when we were dating back in 2005, and yep. just yeah. randomly. And I showed she her, just, I was like... She sent it to him randomly. Randomly. And just no explanation, just a picture. She must have been going through photos and sent it to me. And we weren't even friends on Facebook. And so they still have access to send you DMs. So I was like, you know what? 
I didn't even respond. I just it blocked me. it because, you know, if you let that simmer and yep. say, oh, I'll just leave it there and go back and look at it. It could create this thing where I'll be like, hey, what's going on in your life? Hey, what's going on in yours? Mm-hmm. It starts off just that so innocent. So easy. And, you know, and I've even heard pastors say, well, I have a female assistant and things like that. And I'm just like, uh, I don't know how you are able to justify that reading the Bible that I read. I just don't know. Make no provision for the flesh. Even in a group, I just don't, it just feels off to me. Like, I wouldn't want my wife going out to eat with two or three guys from church. Like, it just wouldn't, or or eat work or church or whatever. Like, it just, it's not beneficial to do that. It's not about, like, whether you trust your wife or, or trust your husband. It's about how the world views it. You know, I might have a, a girlfriend or, or a friend or whatever that, you know, sees Colby sitting with a, co- a co-worker who's a female and at, at lunch somewhere and she could drive by and be like, hey, I saw Colby sitting with it and it creates doubt in your right. mind. And, and you also don't know where that other person stands. Like, that too. Like, so let's say like, oh, I'm above it all. You don't struggle at all with that. And you go out to eat with some ladies or something you work with or if I go out to eat with some ladies I work with or... My wife goes out to eat with some guys, let's say, that we're totally cool with it in our relationship. We have no temptation there. For some odd reason, we just don't have any. Um, well, you don't know what type of situation they're in. And so to look at that as a selfish worldview of looking at it like, oh, I'm the only person I have to worry about the struggles. Oh, that's if you, good, babe. If you go... It is definitely selfish. Yeah. and if you, it's like, I'm more important this relationship that I'm having, this lunch that I'm having is more important and I really, I'm valuing it more than I'm valuing my marriage. That's good, babe. Well, I mean, just, so for example, let's just throw an example out there. Let's say I don't struggle with it and I'm totally cool with it and I let my wife know, hey, I'm going out to eat with this girl that I work with, whatever. Um, I go out to eat with this girl I work with and I feel nothing. And I just say, hey, I help her out with some problems maybe she's having, you know, and like with work or just training stuff. And we just have an innocent lunch. Well, I don't know how her marriage or if if she's not even in a marriage, I don't know what kind of background she had. I could be filling her love tank unintentionally. Yep. Even if I have the best intentions on the planet, yep. you don't know where that other person stands. Exactly. And if that person is struggling in their marriage, you become a hero to them. And you start feeling their love tank and they start craving that. And then maybe they come after you harder and maybe, you're, maybe your shield breaks because you didn't see it coming. Yep. And if you read this article, like 90% of the people didn't see it coming. Uh, a British study in 2014 attributed one third of all divorces or separations were the result of social media. So if we don't wake up to this as a Christian community and speak to it with a direct, you know, hey, here's the boundary. And here's a way that you can guarantee you're not going to cheat. And that's by never putting yourself in a position to cheat. Basically, don't put meat in front of the wolf. The wolf is always going to be there. The wolf is your flesh. Never put meat in front of him because he's going to eventually smell it and eat it. It may not be right away. You may not even see it coming. But my own boss was going through marital trouble, okay? And there was this girl that actually I had to train in a pub. It was in public, it, you know, it was out in the open. But I could tell there was like, Ugh, you know, I need to be careful with her because she's very over the top flirtatious. And so I was very, you know, public. I never went in the break room with her or anything like that. It was always just training at my desk with other people around. Um, 
and she was young. She was in her mid twenties and my boss was in his forties and she would go in all the time and mess around and she'd play, start playing ping pong with my boss and we would play doubles, me and Bill, my boss, my direct boss and you know, my boss's boss and this girl would all play ping pong and I would never, she would always ask me, Hey, you want to play ping pong alone? I say, no, I'm good. I, and it would be weird for her to hear me say that because she would like shoot me an IM and say like, we have Skype business messaging at work. I'd say, no, I'm going to wait, you know, ask if, you know, Sean and everyone else want to play and then I can play and be on only Bill's team. And that's the way we would do it. But Sean was going through marital trouble in his marriage. And, um, and I don't know if this girl, Catherine knew that. And she began to seek him out, man in power, you know, this and that. And long story short, you know, Sean left his wife and is now getting married to this girl that is 15 years younger than him. I mean, not, not necessarily an age is an issue, but you can just watch the life crumble even though his wife was probably not the nicest to him from what I had understood, it's still a commitment. It's still a covenant that he broke because of someone made it easy for him to leave. Yep. And I just, I watched it from afar and I just, and you know, I thought something seemed off about it. And then my, my suspicions were confirmed and all because of a boundary. If he had drawn a boundary and said, you know what? I'm never going to be alone with her in my office. I'm never going to be alone with her playing ping pong. I'm not going to go out to din- uh, lunches with her. It could have been killed right then, right there. But because you flirted with it, because you allowed it to fester. I mean, look at Joseph. Joseph was a man who was second in command. Potiphar's wife tried to grab him so hard that he had to pull away and had his cloak ripped. If Joseph, who was God's man in, his, in Egypt to be second in command, didn't trust his flesh enough to pull away so hard his cloak ripped, why are you going out to eat with girls? Why are women going out to eat with guys that aren't their husbands? It blows me away. Absolutely dumbfounded. Men with women assistants that are alone with them, you might be okay with that, but maybe that girl's husband, you're creating doubt in his mind. Even though he doesn't say it, There's you're, you're planting a seed of doubt. Like, I take it to the extreme, and Kelly and I do, like when we're in groups of people with men and women, I don't go in a corner and talk to a woman. Just the devil is always looking for a foothold. Always. He's always looking for that edge that he can get in there. And, you know, the devil is... You don't think that the devil cares about your marriage, but you're wrong. Like it, If he can destroy your marriage, he doesn't just destroy your marriage. He destroys your kid's kids, foot. Your, yep, your kid's your launch kids. point. Like your kid's... Your kids, uh, instead of having a firm launching place, they got, you know, a stepdad, stepmom. And I'm not sh- throwing shame on anyone who's in that scenario, okay? Things happen... I believe God can forgive you and move on, but let's not ignore that, you know, that's happened in a lot of Christian churches, like Absolutely. where people have gotten remarried because of infidelity that they started. Um, or and that not they only that, were... but it really affects, even if you have adult children and you wait until your kids are fully grown and out of the house to divorce, those grandkids aren't going to have those ki- those parents to go back and... The enemy can create cascades of, of pain in your in your family lineage that takes years and years and maybe generations to repair. I just feel like as Christians, like we have to be better. We have to have higher standards. The Bible says avoid all appearances of evil. 
not the ones that you think are going to be uh, seen as evil, but the ones that his wife might find, you know, oh, well, why is she waving, you know, whatever. And you just, you just gotta, you gotta be careful. Like, well, to... I mean, go, going back to like in groups of people even being careful, we know of uh, one of my wife's friends that was in a church group. Okay. This is a, ch- this is a small church group. This wasn't just a social gathering. This was a church group where this stuff isn't sp- quote unquote supposed, supposed to happen. Supposed to happen. Yeah. And yep. she started talking to this guy just in another room. There were still other people around, but away from her husband talking to this guy um, to the point where she had to cut off the relationship with this guy because she felt herself craving conversations with this man and yep. she was having an emotional affair with this man by having these deep, in-depth conversations yep. at a church group. So don't tell me it can't happen. Don't tell me you're above it. I don't buy it. And if you say that, you're on dangerous ground, in my opinion, because it's a matter of time before the enemy starts throwing darts and one's <laughs> going to get through. You've set yourself up for failure and you don't even know it. Like, so we, it's not just these fake scenarios. We know people that have fallen or have gotten very close to falling because of not having the boundary. Like, I don't trust myself. I'm a red-blooded man. I will never put myself in a in a room by myself with a woman, even if the feeling's not there. Because, you know what? The feeling can come pretty quick, you know, where Absolutely. all of a sudden this you woman gives you a compliment. Like, or, I'm not even attracted to that person. Yeah. But you know what? Sometimes it's not about what you see with your eyes. Sometimes it's about what you feel with your heart. And so, you know, if, you're, if your love tank is, is empty... It might not even matter what they look like with their, you know, what they physically look like. One time at my old employer, like this, this girl made me a cup of coffee while I was sitting in the break room and brought it over. And I just remember the feeling of like, oh, this is nice, you know, even though, but she was just like looking me in the eye and talking like, oh, I'll make you one while I'm up here. And it just, I was just like, mm, that feels off. Like I just felt dirty, even it happening. And I just, it ne- I never let it happen again. Like it just was such a weird thing. Um, things like you don't know, you're not in a bubble. Let's say everything's perfect and you, and you're like, Oh, I can, I can counsel women by myself. I can go out to eat with women by myself. I let my wife know that's great. That's like, I don't get like letting your wife know. I don't see how that makes it better. Um, like totally. you still can get your love tank filled even though you're letting your wife know you're going you to eat with people unless you're unless you got your wife on speaker the whole conversation you've opened the door and eventually and if 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 not i think it even makes it worse because honestly like if if the wife if if let's just say that you and jessica went out to dinner and went out to dinner and i knew that you were going out to dinner i was like oh it's jessica oh she really needs your help right now you know go ahead have a great time or i totally trust her right yeah or i totally trust her six months down the road he's filling her love tank filling her love tank let's go out to dinner let's go out to dinner how much harder is it gonna be when i find out that jessica and my husband had an affair because, but, but hey, he called me and told me he was going to go out to dinner with her. Not only that, but it also creates doubt in the wife's mind. Like, well, how come he doesn't want to go out to dinner with me? Like, am I, am I boring? Like, am I, you know, does, am I not interesting enough that he would want to go out to dinner with me? Too boring for him, you know, does he not care about me? And if like, this doesn't... it's just, it's just a snowball of thought. Right. And if this doesn't create a check in your spirit about being okay with your husband or wife going out with other just women or just men it's a it's a problem um we had a really good counselor years ago um 
His name was Gary, and he counseled thousands of couples. He just outstanding boundaries, outstanding family, beyond reproach in every way imaginable. Business, marriage, finances, just, man, was almost a billionaire, and just, but had a stellar family that loved him and did what he did. Um, and he said to me, uh, I had asked him about, you know, this type of stuff. And he's like, when you get married, there's no buddy, buddy, friend, friend with the opposite sex anymore. Cause you know, when you're dating, you know, you have guy, you know, I had girls that were my friends and my wife had guys that a lot of guys that were friends. She had a lot of brothers that she hung out with their friends. And, um, you know, it, he said, there is no longer buddy, buddy, friend, friend when you're married, because it just opens the door for the enemy to attack, especially because, you know, they might have thought, what if about that person, you know, even if they weren't romantically involved. Absolutely. Um, you know, and actually this it was a huge issue when we first got married um, for about six years while we were married. Um, I, I was like set like these are my friends. These are my brother's friends. My brother's passed away now. So I'm going to be friends with them because it makes me feel closer to him, even though that he's gone. And, you know, so I wanted to keep those friendships. And so it was, I mean, like, this was something that Colby and I went back and forth on, back and forth and back and forth. And I was never intimate with any of these. I, I didn't feel like there was any issue with it. I had to learn that part of being a Christian is respecting and honoring your husband. And if you don't respect and honor your husband... In all things, okay, like that I have to let these people go, even though they help me feel closer to my brother, they also are men. And I, I realized that that part of honoring my husband was letting go of those relationships and having my husband be the sole depositor into my love tank. There's so many different avenues now just besides Facebook that people can go start a secret account on. And that happens more than you know, even in the Christian church, you know, Tinder, you know, TikTok, Instagram. Like, so if I had a bunch of ladies that were friends on my Facebook and one just sent me uh, uh, an emoji with hearts in the eyes, like about a picture I posted on myself, let's say, that, you know, they might mean nothing by it. But let's say me and my wife are at odds, you know, because there's valleys and mountains. If you've been married long enough, we've been married 14 years. There's valleys and there's mountains, and that's just the way it is. There's times where it's really, really good. And there's times where it's not so good. You know, things are a little more, like, a little more snarky and, like, a little more short-tempered. It's just life, and life can happen to anybody, and it's going to happen. Eventually, you've been married long enough. And um, So it's never on the peaks that you got to worry about stuff. And sometimes it is. Sometimes you just, things are going great around you, and then you just, you get idle. But there is that, but... You hit a valley and all of a sudden that heart emoji might mean something different than it did on the mountain. So, you know, so you, good, you, yeah. you, you don't know the impact. Like the enemy is not just out for your marriage. He's out for whoever they're linked to, too. If they're married and have a family, he can destroy two families at once just because you didn't have a boundary up. It's not worth it. Nope. And anyone who's okay with it, you just, you're just wrong. I mean, biblically, I can back up everything I'm saying, you know, Make no provision for the flesh. Don't even let it be named among you. If it can be named among you, if people see you out to eat with women or my wife out to eat with guys that aren't me, that is named. It's named among you. I mean, that, that, yep. I don't see how you justify it. How you have a woman, you know, a, a woman, uh, 
assistant or how I would have a female assistant if I was working from home and I had a female assistant my age. I could understand if it was like an elderly woman or, but even then, like it would be very, you know, I'd be very careful to choose a very elderly woman, you know, like older than my mom, you know, just having that protection there. Um, it's just, we, we can just sit here and name drop people after people we know personally yep. that have been affected all because we look back and say, you know what? They didn't draw a boundary and boundaries don't just go for marriage. You know, if you struggle with alcohol, you know, stop, stop buying the stuff or stop being around people that buy it in their house. Like boundaries are universal, not just for marriage. I'm, if you have a struggle, everyone has one thing they struggle with. You have to starve yourself of it for life. And that's, and people have this mistake to think, Oh, I got free. I'm saved. And God took all the desire. No, he didn't. Your flesh, if you let it go, can destroy you and in many your ways. Your flesh never gets saved. Your flesh isn't saved until you're raised again in Christ Jesus in an incorruptible body. And people forget that. People think because they struggle, they're not saved. Yep. Because, they're, because they have these feelings, oh, God must not have saved me. That's ridiculous. God saved you when you received Jesus. But your flesh is going to be constantly at odds and that's that battle you have, that internal battle to, to know you're saved, where you know, oh, I know what's right now, I know what's wrong, and you have that internal turmoil mm-hmm. of like, oh, you got these, which which animal am I going to feed, the good one or the bad one? And it's your choice, and God doesn't make that choice for you. You draw the boundaries, and uh, you know this article is just crazy because it talks about further down. Um, I've seen couples who've been married for 15 to 20 years getting on Facebook, reconnecting with old flings from high school that they hadn't seen in forever. It starts as innocent as conversation of how's life. What have you been doing the last 20 years? Very quickly, uh, over computer-mediated conversation, it develops into, well, marriage is hard and I'm not happy. Oh, no, neither am I. Combine curated photos, constant Facebook use, and the ease with which social media platform allows you to connect with a whisper of marital woe, and things can accelerate quickly. Before we know it, it's a slippery slope where we formed an intimate emotional connection with a person on the other end of the keyboard. And I think uh, later on this article, it says 85%, some 85% of uh, affairs are like based out of coworkers. So, I mean, people, especially work, like... And we also know people, I'm not going to name drop, that have exes still on their Facebook even though they're married. Ex-girlfriends that they slept with. And I'm just like, what are you doing? It is unreal. That one blows my mind. Like, I'm like, I could understand, like, I don't understand, obviously, from this podcast, but (laughs) I don't understand. I can understand a girl you had no relationship with, no romance. I get it, okay? We're, we're, We're making that argument now with this podcast, but... Someone you've been with romantically and you're, or even you had feelings for, and you're still Facebook friends with them. I, in my, my Christian heart, I want to say something nice, but in my, my, my carnal mind, I'm like, what the heck is wrong with you? What Absolutely. are you doing? Absolutely. Like you are playing with fire. You don't even know it. And the, and I know this person goes on and looks at their ex, uh, ex's profile and posts and mentions them uh, to me. And I'm just like, what are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? Like, it just, it blows me away. And this person is saved. And I'm just like, <laughs> you know, if someone from the world saw you, they'd be like, what are you doing different that, that I want? Because, you know what, maybe their marriage is in trouble. They're going to look at you. Mm. 
I mean, we know people who go to the strip club and they're still married and they're Christians. Yep. Go to the strip club. And I'm just like, what? It, like, I mean, honestly, I mean, it blows my mind when just the no boundaries that the, the, the Christian church has. I mean, how many giant mogul, you know, mega church pastors have had affairs you're not above it. I guarantee most pastor affairs have been people they've counseled or assistants they didn't put a boundary up against. Oh, yeah. And I guarantee you, if you trace it back, it all starts with a boundary. Yep. You let the boundary fall, it's very hard to once you start going over that cliff to stop your momentum. Because then all your flesh is in, in it now. You're emotionally invested. It's tough to break ties. But if you draw a boundary, it's impossible. If you truly honor what God put together in, in a marriage, you have to honor that, that marriage. And honoring that marriage means that I'm going to be married to this person for the rest of my life. So you better make darn sure that when you come to that altar, that that person that you're with is your very best friend. And that is the only man friend that you'll ever have ever again in your whole life. And if you're not willing to make that choice, don't get married. That is the choice. It's this man as your only man friend for the rest of your life. Or in, don't get married. And in this day and age, it really has to be has to be that way because of social media. There's so many ways the enemy now has avenues to launch attacks. And it's so subtle. He doesn't... No one goes into an affair like, I'm going to have an affair. Almost nobody does. Even bad marriages almost never go into it like that. But it's just the momentary where they let their guard down a little bit. Intimacy is just information. So the more you share information with this person, you're creating a bond that's getting stronger. Even if it's not getting stronger on your end right away, maybe it's getting very strong on their end and you don't know it. Maybe they have a husband that now doubts you. And ha is now angry at you because you didn't show restraint when you... I can't say with with a surety that the people around us right now would have that boundary. If if one of the guys from church came over and knocked on the door and I wasn't home, they probably wouldn't have an issue coming in if we, if we would allow it. Absolutely. And there's guys, there's guys at church that my friends, my wife is not friends with. And there's women at church that have friended me that I'm not friends with. And it's not because we're mean. It's because we're that guarded with our marriage. Absolutely. We'll go to war for our marriage. Like, yep. And not just war like where we're trying to deal with aftermath. We're dealing on the offensive, setting the boundary lines. And the boundaries, people think boundaries bind you, but they actually keep you free. Like the Ten Commandments are boundaries. Don't murder. Why? Because you'll either be killed um, because you murdered back in the Old Testament times, or you sp you're going to spend life or go to go to death row for killing somebody. Um, that's freedom. You know, same thing with do not commit adultery. Why? Because you're creating a ripple effect in your family, and you're creating emotional carnage for you. We know so many people that you know two, three marriages in, and just if you look at their life honestly and do an honest opinion. An honest look, you just say it's carnage. Like it's just the carnage the enemy has caused. Even if they got everything right later down the road, which God can still redeem. Absolutely. I mean, the woman at the well was was shacking up six or seven times. So there's absolutely. But you know, if Jesus looked back at her life before that and said, you know, what have what damage have you caused up to this point in all those men you were with? Um, 
tons of carnage. So mm-hmm. uh, I want to end with this uh, article here. Uh, this was that study in January uh, 2019. Uh, Dibble, this is the name of the assistant professor. Assistant professor of communications at Hope College and the researcher coined the term backburner. Um, in 2014, a study using modern technology to keep in touch with backburners, which is the term he used for keeping people on your Facebook that aren't your wife that you still want to kind of have ties to. Um, Dibble found, while men are likely to have nearly twice uh, twice the number of backburners as women, both genders have them. Of the more than 300 people surveyed for the study, nearly all of them, I'm going to say that again, nearly all of them said they'd had sexual conversations with at least two people outside of their partner. Um, that, this, is, this is a sociologist. This is scary stuff. This is real is stuff. That is just sad. It's sad for the covenant of marriage and what it's supposed to mean. And Dibble even goes on to say, it's well established in social psychology that even people who are happily involved in committed relationships still consider their options. So while someone may have no intention of leaving, they still search the horizon. This is what happens when you keep someone on your back burner, on your Facebook, on your Instagram, uh, on your personal Instagram. I'm not talking about like couple pages. Some couples do the couple pages thing, but even that is, you know, spotty because someone may use it more than someone else. This guy goes on to say your scanners are still on. Even if they're dulled and blunted a little, they're still on. And they're still kind of noticing who else is out there. If for no other reason than you want to remember or you still want to know that you got the best deal. Like, in other words, marry the best person. Um, The behavior is natural. It's the relationship equivalent of flipping the channels. But by triggering that what-if sensibility, Facebook distracts you from your own relationship, making it harder for you to be fully present. People don't set out to cross a boundary or set the groundwork for an affair for an affair behavior, but internet communication makes it easy to tumble into. So we're just we're just taking that boundary to a new level. Uh, this boundary can go to uh, is universal to a lot of different scenarios: alcoholism, drugs. Um, you know, the, some of those feelings may never go away. People that go to AA meetings may never lose that want to to drink. Um, they've got to fight for their life, and you know some things are not just going to die with prayer. I mean, they just don't. Flesh is going to be flesh always, and you've got to consider. You got to know where your number one weakness is. And I know for me, I'm a red blooded man. You know, I just don't. I don't put any confidence in my flesh around women. I just don't. I made a choice early on. I'm never going to trust myself alone with a woman because I don't know at a point of weakness. What I could do, and I never want to live that. I never want to even put myself there. Could I do it? I don't know because I never go there. Uh, we want to model something where our kids can put their hang their hat on and say, I want a marriage like my mom and dad had. Yeah. And uh, there's no one I'd rather be married to in life. My wife's my best friend in life. I could tell her anything I've, got, uh, she, I've struggled with. She can tell me anything. But that doesn't happen instantly. That didn't happen the first five to ten years. That takes years of trust years of uh you know opening up boundaries in place uh this has been what elephant and we're happy to have a discussion with anybody who differs in opinion in in a loving way and uh god bless y'all god bless you